Welcome to another Tuesday morning with Justin. I'm Justin Futrell, Benefit Advisor at True North Companies. Today, we're going to dive into two things with our special guest. The first is mental health, and the second is, well, we want to make you aware of employee benefits that are present in other companies because you might want to ask your leaders about them. So let me introduce our guest today, Shoman Bhattacharya. He's a former founder, engineer, Duke MBA grad, and a product leader. He spent several years building products in retail, fintech, healthcare, and the employer benefits space, all surrounding innovation in different ways. And his views expressed here today are his own and don't reflect that of any of his employers. With that, (laughs) Shulman, let's dive right in. What are best in class employers doing today around mental health? We've talked about it uh, about a month ago. One of the best silver linings of this pandemic is the intense focus on mental health and taking care of our people. But what does that look like? Yeah, that's an excellent question, Justin. I think if you if you think about how the pandemic has shaped the employer-employee relationship in the last you know two and a half years, you would notice that a lot of the employers have realized that the traditional methods of how they were catering to mental health is not really working especially with the big movements around things working from remote, people doing uh, resigning from their opportunities, uh, not just not just for the reason that they have another job, but just for the reason that they want to do something else and find purpose in what they do. So things have been very different in this two and a half years. So traditionally, a lot of the employers have uh, employee assistance programs, which are called EAPs, which are typically pretty low cost uh, avenue for employers to offer their employees on how to get mental health support. The problem generally with those traditional methods, it's, it's pretty transactional. And especially in the U.S., it is very much around uh, putting the onus on the employee to find care which is not necessarily the best way to do it because you're basically saying that, hey, we have an EAP here. We have some access to some psychiatrist and therapist and, you know, go figure. So that's not the best model for employee productivity and showing that you care. So most of the progressive employers are now moving towards like, how can mental health be uh, something that is more um, weaved into the benefits they offer to the employees? And that is caring for the entire uh, whole health of the employee. So think about like medical benefits, dental benefits, um, you know, uh, pharmacy benefits. So how can mental health be something that is uh, part of an employee benefit where they not only have access to the world-class providers, but also there is a relationship that they're building in terms of realizing how much mental health matters. And today, I think most of the employees who have gone through this pandemic in two and a half years have realized their different needs. Some some person might be really anxious about how they want to grow their career, and they don't know. Now, this is a new world, and they might be uh, struggling to adjust to that. Some people have found 
tremendous issues in terms of finding childcare. So that has really affected their mental health as well in terms of uh, doing their best at their work. So most of the progressive companies are moving more towards looking for solutions that comprehensively takes care of the employee and not, not a transactional basis like it used to be. Right. Right. And a couple of things that I want to reiterate there. The big thing to me, the difference of a traditional EAP, Employee Assistance Program, you said people are often left to figure it out on their own. And I think increasing the accessibility for people is so key. I mean, we have Gen Z and millennials who would much prefer to text. And I'm seeing that as um, texts and chats is a more accessible way to connect with more people in addition to the traditional formats of calling in and now zooming in as well. So I'm curious, Showman, when you talk about this comprehensive solution, um, what are, is that often pieced together? By companies, is there a more robust mental health resource and also a child care solution that, that's there to help employees or how do we bring things together? Yeah, excellent question. So I think uh, <clears throat> other than the formats that you mentioned about text, messaging, other avenues for um, employees to be able to connect to their providers, I think one key aspect missing with the APs was also how does an employee know that they need help? Hmm. Like, how would they know that they need a psychiatrist versus a therapist versus like a mental health coach or a or a regular coach or just maybe they need just a self-guided digital access uh, to meditations and things that you have seen from B2C companies like Headspace, Calm and others. So that was missing in EAP too, because EAP is basically saying that we have these providers go go talk to them. But most people didn't know what they need help on. So in many cases, there are literature that are saying that people are trying to go to a therapist or a psychiatrist and then realizing during their sessions that that is not exactly the right uh, right care that they were looking to get. And it is more around maybe coaching. Like somebody, as I mentioned earlier, that somebody is uh, anxious about their career, it's it's probably a coach that can help. You don't need a therapist in that case. So, so I think that comprehensiveness, bringing in the awareness that what kind of care is best suited for you, who should you connect to, are they the world-class uh, providers that you're connected to and hey in between your sessions you should still do these few meditations a few of these courses that will keep you going because that's another thing missing you go to a session on a therapist today you meet with the therapist next week but what happens to the in between so i think that's where the comprehensive nature of the mental health solutions are coming out and uh you mentioned a little bit about uh, the childcare situation. So many of these, uh, I would say in the industry, things are moving more towards how do you now think about the mental health not as a standalone solution, but how it actually impacts other aspects of a of a of a pay, of a member. So think about the literatures that are out there, which will say somebody who is diabetic or dealing with musculoskeletal issues like back pain surgeries are three to four times more likely to have depression. So which means that it's not a physical medication on back pain that can solve the problem for that 
member, it's actually a combination of how do we help them with behavioral aspects. And that's where the comprehensiveness of this thing is coming in. And then um, we can talk more about like family benefits. That's another aspect of, you know, uh, growth that I'm seeing also in the industry. Yeah. And Shoman, before we go into the family benefits, because I want to go there, I'm curious, let's take a step back and I want to try to insert a a practical, immediate takeaway for listeners. And you mentioned meditation and those, there's so many apps out there now. Um, When you think of mindfulness, meditation, be curious to pick your brain and what, what works for you? Yeah, I think uh, it is, I would say it is like a journey to me personally, if you ask me like what works for me and what has worked. Mm. So many of these apps have different sorts of meditations, whether it's related to anxiety and depression, whether it's related to more mood elevation, there's, there's a lots of different things you can access. I think most importantly, many of these apps uh, historically have missed out and now most of the modern solutions are coming out with these is helping people realize what what how should you leverage or how should you gain the most from meditation how should you think about it like what are the feelings you are going through now that you can describe and then kind of chart your own course or have your own care plan that what will work with you. Mm-hmm. So in many cases, uh, for me, I let's say talk to a therapist and I will be discussing things around, uh, uh, we will be unpacking a lot of different things in our discussions. And one of the things that my therapist can help then is what what are the kinds of meditations that will help me stay stay focused so in that's an, another thing that was lacking with some of these apps because there's so much content there and every day there is so much content that how do you know what is more relevant in fact i would say people get even more overwhelmed when they see so many meditations so how do you like make sure that people have more personalized care plans that work for them and i think that's the combination of really having the human like a therapist or somebody to support you along with the amazing content that's out there. A combination of that helps you keep going. Mm -hmm. Does that that help? It does. And thank you for being vulnerable and sharing with us. I, I love the idea of it being a journey because I think that just reiterates that a lot of times we live in this instant gratification world, right? We can get something mailed to us the next day, two days at the max. And if we want something, we almost feel entitled to have it right away. And that's not the case. And I appreciate you reiterating that uh, much better than I could because I feel the same way. It's a constant journey. And when it when it comes to, I think of uh, a coach I have one-on-one sessions with, it's more of a therapy session is what it feels like. But regardless of whether the title is coach or therapist, the point is that you're working on yourself. And I think that's so important. So thank you for sharing that. And then I do want to jump into family benefits. So first, um, when I think of family benefits, I think of um, what my family might need outside of the basics, like medical, dental, and vision. So a couple of things that come to mind are like, what if I have an elderly parent that I need to take care for or kids? Like, what if I need care for my kids? So can you expand on what family benefits are and what you're seeing out there today with employers? Yeah, that's another big space, I would say, that has been uh, that has 
that has been very clear for employers in this pandemic that families need help. And when I say families, I mean, uh, I don't mean just couples. I mean, anybody who is uh, thinking about uh, their parents or they are thinking about their uh you know, adoption, surrogacy, all of these other avenues. And I think the, I think the gap that has always existed, which wasn't visible before the pandemic, was how much onus it is on people who are raising kids or thinking about kids, what matters uh, in terms of their day-to-day. And when the pandemic hit, uh, it affected, it was very clear that there was no childcare because there was COVID. So nobody was able to get that support. People then had senior family members like their parents or somebody else and the relatives who are now very vulnerable to COVID and the mortality that it was bringing to those senior citizens. So I think it was very clear for employees that the employee productivity was dropping, especially with with the family population because they had to do so much and they didn't know where to go. So I I saw in the last two and a half years, a lot of movement around the family benefits that included things such as if you're thinking about surrogacy, about parenting, you need somebody to be by your side. It could be a postpartum doula. It could be a lactation expert. It could be a sleep expert. It could be a couples therapist, whoever it is, who's helping you cope through that moment, like whether you're pregnant or you are um, having a very young child. So as I think there's a very calm, very famous phrase that it takes a village to raise a child. It's pretty much that because it's between uh, doctors, visits, medications and things, you still are coping with how to raise the child, whether whether the child is from adoption, surrogacy and, you know, your own birth. So how do you now deal with that? So you need like a lot of the employers have realized they need support systems for these families. And then there's another aspect of families, which are typically um, I noticed in the demographic between the age of, I would say, 35 to 50, who have who are what is famously also known as a sandwich generation, where they have senior citizens who are 70 and up, they need to take care of, but they also have kids who they need to take care of. So they're kind of like sandwich between taking care of two different generations. So how do you kind of manage that aspect of of doing? So a lot of the employers or progressive employers are looking towards not just providing medical benefits or dental benefits or, you know, child or adolescent sort of uh, benefits, but they are looking at comprehensively thinking, how can we support that family with all this? So they are partnering up with a lot of child care institutions like, um, I'm forgetting the name, but I think Bright Horizons is one of them. Uh, that, And then they are also partnering up with a lot of these networks of postpartum doulas, lactation experts, sleep experts. Um, and then they're partnering up with uh, elderly services, which are, uh, which are also needed. So they can bring that comprehensively to the employee. Unfortunately, right now, there is not one family benefit uh, that brings all of this together. So it's still a combination package that employers are dealing with, but I think that will change soon. Yeah. 
Yeah, thanks for sharing that. And a couple of things that come to my mind, I love the idea of it takes a village. I think that's so true. I was just back in Ohio with my nieces and nephew, uh, with my sister, and my goodness, I I think without my mom being around to help and my dad being around to help, who knows what she would do on her own. Um, And I I think to your point, it's it's team, right? It takes a team. It takes resources. It takes hands-on help and, and care for both the elderly and the younger generation. I'm wondering, Showman, well, maybe I'll just say for listeners real quick, if, if you want um, to tell your employer, uh, ask if they have these things and they don't, then reach out to Showman and myself and we can help connect you in the right places. Um, I think it all starts with conversation. Generally, my clients come to me and they're like, hey, can, can we do something around fertility planning? And I'm like, you know, at one point I said, I, I haven't heard of this, but We'll look into it. And it, it all started because one employee asked, hey, can you provide us with some more resource in this area? And I think, Shulman, what's cool is that many progressive employers want to take care of their people. And that's really favorable with the tight labor market right now. Employees have power to certainly at least ask. Yeah, absolutely. You're spot on. Yeah. And so as we transition here, Soman, I want to, um, I know you have a lot of experience with product management and that's becoming an ever more popular, I would say job in in just industries, product management. Could you uh, expand on that a little bit for our listeners? Yeah, um, I think product management, I think also as it is evolving, it depends on who you ask what they do. Uh, And there are a lot of, I guess, content around what is product management. So I won't get into all those details. I think I'm sure your listeners have seen those contents. The few things I'll highlight from my experience, which I've learned is product management depends on which kind of space you're working in. So let's say you are in a B2C world where you can think about uh, companies like TikTok or uh, you know Meta or anybody else, they are really focused on a very different skill set for a product management. And there's a lot of materials around that on how product management, you know, is through, uh, you know, direct to consumer sort of a business. Then there is a concept of business to business, which is a company selling to other businesses. So these are kind of products you would see in Salesforce and you will see in uh, some of these other ones uh, like AWS and others. So how do you kind of uh, understand product management in that space? In B2B, uh, just for the listeners, uh, this is is very unique, is that B2B also has variants within them. There are B2B businesses which are pure software. So you'll think about SaaS. So uh, companies like, you know, um, PagerDuty might be just, it's all about the software they're selling. Salesforce is a good example of that too, uh, with the CRM offerings or HubSpot and others. Then you take a look at um, uh, industries and how they change in the B2B offering. You come to healthcare, and then you are starting to look at the fact that it is not just the software. There is a big component around clinical. 
Yeah. So think about Teladoc or think about like these uh, bigger telehealth platforms. It's not just the platform that has come together. Three different areas have come together. One is the clinical part, like who are the providers on that platform? How do you make them motivated to be on the platform to support the members? Then you see another aspect, which is uh, the software itself. Like you have built the telehealth software to bring all these providers together, created a marketplace for members to come in. And then there's a third aspect, which is operations. So if you think about, for example, in traditional provider availability, I know like personally, I tried to get an appointment with one of the doctors and it was two two months out. And I was going for my kid with, you know, having some flu-like symptoms. I'm like, I can't wait for two months. So imagine that, right? So how has telehealth changed that? Telehealth, you can, I can go into and log in and, and find a provider right away, anywhere in the US, right? That's operations because they have now reduced that time to care to within minutes compared to like waiting for an appointment, going there, waiting, all of that. So these three things uh, come together in that space. Now you can think about uh, companies like DoorDash, Uber, they're not just software. They also have massive, massive operations part, onboarding drivers and things like that. So B2B should be thought about. So product management differs on which areas you are in. But at the ultimately, you need to understand the business you're driving and how can product management elevate that level for the company to really leverage all the efficiencies you're gaining from all these services like operations, clinical and others. I'll stop there for a second. I know like there's a lot of other materials out there, so I didn't want to go into that. But this is pretty unique you know, when you start thinking about B2B or B2C product management. Yeah, Shoman, I think that's great and uh, certainly a good baseline. I wanted to bring it up, one, because you mentioned it, and two, because I've had some listeners ask like, hey, what do I know about product management? And, I, and I'm and i like, nothing. <laughs> I don't know anything. It's not my world. So I, I think that was great. I want to ask, what about, do you see what Teladoc has done in creating more accessible medicine and healthcare? Do you see that being replicated into other industries? And if so, what what comes to mind as an industry that you think might be revolutionized, if you will? Yeah, I think there's a there's a lot of different industries where you what Tele, Teladoc has created a platform that can bring it uh, things like um, I don't know what the right term for that is, but if you think about like contractors when they're working on your house or wherever you are and you need to work, I mean, you it's very hard to find a good contractor as everybody has gone through. So what if there's a platform that actually allows you? I know there are companies like Thumbstack or I'm maybe misspelling them, but there are some companies have tried that, but uh, it's not yet at the level that health tech has innovated like in Teladoc and others where you can solve that for a member. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's one that clearly stuff of mind for me that seems like a good platform to have. And then there are a few other industries too uh, where you would think there are inefficiencies in how you're finding the best quality work and you can bring them together. So I think we have seen that from past experience of Uber and DoorDash and others who have done that in other industries. But yeah, there's lots of industries that can be applied. Yeah, so ever-increasing opportunity. Uh, Thank you for that. And Shoman, with that, we're wrapping up what I wanted to cover for listeners. So I'll ask you, do you have any final words that you'd like to share? Um. 
And first, thanks, thanks for having me, Justin. I think if I if there are a few things I would I would like the listeners to consider is is essentially uh, always keep keep yourself curious. I think that's the growth mindset one we one we need to have. And listening to Justin and all his podcast, personally, I've seen is there's so much to learn. I think keep learning, and that's the only thing that will keep you going. Keep yourself curious. I love that. Shaman, thank you so much. We'll put um, how to connect with us in the show notes. And outside of that, have a great day, everyone. Thanks, Justin. How about that? Shaman Bhattacharya. You can connect with him on LinkedIn. Check out the notes in the footer. And I also want to let you guys know that next week, I have a really exciting guest. Have you heard of the five love languages? I've got author Paul White, Dr. Paul White on the show with us. So stay tuned and have an awesome day.